People ask me in California all the time, oh my gosh, wasn't that hard for you as an Indian growing up in Georgia? And we had three major issues. One, we were Hindu vegetarians. Second, we lived in the South where a vegetarian meal was macaroni salad or potato salad, something with mayonnaise, right? That was a vegetarian meal. And our third problem was that my dad uh, was um, frug cheap. He's very cheap, very cheap. One time he drove from uh, Roswell, Georgia, where we lived, uh, to Birmingham, Alabama, which is 160 miles, because a can of paint was on sale. <laughs> so I was very surprised when one day he uh, offered to take me out for lunch. He said, let's go to Atlanta, Chinatown. And China implies there's something Chinese about it. <laughs> But uh, they could only find one Chinese merchant. So they had like a Japanese Christmas ornament store and a radio shack. <laughs> so we, we go to the Chinatown. And um, to our surprise, there's this sign at the food court that says, all vegetarian, healthy Asian food. And we're so excited. Now, we walk up to the lady, and so she starts giving us this meal that's really, really good. All kinds of different vegetable dishes. None of it has mayonnaise in it. There's tofu. There's imitation meat. And uh, she starts telling us as we're eating that this Asian vegetarian restaurant is affiliated with a spiritual leader. <laughs> And if we like the food, there is more of this food at the holy house. And, which I think is just her approximation for, you know, Buddhist temple. My dad seems to be excited and she says, oh, by the way, if you come, all of the food is free. We will be there. So we go home, and the next morning we have a very light breakfast, and we start driving to this place called Dahlonega, Georgia. Because we can't go directly to the Holy House, we have to uh, stop at the Waffle House first. And we go in her car to the Holy House. And around this time I'm thinking, is eating vegetarian food so secretive? We have to do this elaborate underground railway vegetarian thing. Like, is vegan Harriet Tubman going to come out? Be like, I am courageous. I am happy. You know, like, whatever. So we go in the you know, unmarked vehicle um, to the Holy House. And I notice we're driving into what looks like a subdivision. And I'm like, okay, maybe there's going to be some temple spires and some, like, sculptures. And, you know, I'll just, you know, keep waiting for the zoning to change. It doesn't. It's uh, not a Buddhist temple. And at this point, I hear my dad saying in Tamil, the language we speak, which means, I think this is just some dude's house. <laughs> And my mom goes, which means, I don't give a I'm hungry. We, we knock on the door, and they, they open the door, and there are all these, like, smiling, very well-intentioned East Asian people with Southern accents, and they lead us up to what they call their steeple, which is this, their attic. Uh, and there are these two white guys, and I don't understand why they're there. Like, they walked into Radio Shack and were kidnapped. Right? 
and the leader says, welcome, I would like to teach you all a special mantra which will save your life. And you can teach it to anyone you like, but not to people with bad karma like the handicapped or the retarded. Yes, yes. So they teach us this chant. So you put your right hand over your left hand. You can't keep your eyes open because you'll be distracted by the sunlight. And you can't close them because the darkness will envelop you. So you have to keep your eyes between one quarter and three quarters open. And then as you say the chant, which is Utai Fut Mi Let, you must keep your tongue at the roof of your mouth. So let's just say it together. And then they congratulate us for doing a good job. And then the spiritual leader says, and now dinner is served. So she leads us down to the kitchen where I see the most amazing sight I have ever seen tofu stew and chawanmushi and sushi rolls and imitation meat barbecues, noodles. And then she looks at my mother, who is the kind of person that has some, um, how do you say, backup Tupperware in her bag and says, but you must only eat here. And then so we start eating and it's so good. It is delicious. It's even better than the food court. And once we've eaten our fill, the members of the Holy House start surrounding my parents. And the leader's like, everyone in the Holy House must contribute or volunteer. So my dad reaches into his pocket and pulls out his wallet, which we have only seen him do once or twice. (laughs) And then he takes out a wad of cash and freely hands it over to these people, which we have never seen him do. And my mother's like, we better go now. (laughs) They drive us back to the Waffle House, and then we drive back to our home in Roswell. And the car ride home is silent. But then my dad starts speaking in Tamil again, and he starts saying, He's actually doing calculations. He had calculated the average price of a buffet (laughs) in Atlanta, multiplied it times four, and divided it into the amount of cash he gave. And he then says, we are going back for the entire summer. So this is why my family, because of my dad's cheapness and our love for food, joined a cult (laughs) for three and a half months. Thank you, Daya Lakshminarayanan. Thank you, Daya's dad. Now, that story was told at the Fireside Storytelling event in San Francisco. If you get a chance, you need to go to Fireside Real Storytelling. It's sweeping the nation. Check out how you can attend. Go to firesidestorytelling.com. It was produced by none other than our own Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.